It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. is Orange and Blue 760. All Broncos, all the time. It's BK and Stout, and we are live until 2 o'clock here at Broncos training camp, and we're going to call an audible Arabella uh, because Sam Farmer from the LA Times is here, and BK is going to bring him over. So after we talk to Sam... We will hear from Von Miller and Will Parks as we kind of fill out this hour. Practice obviously ended more than an hour ago, and the guys are, you know, lifting and doing what else they they do. So this is the last weekend of practice here at the UC Health Training Center because a week from today is the first first preseason game against the Vikings. And uh, that'll be uh, happening, obviously, and take precedent. Tomorrow is a day where there's going to be a scrimmage which Andrew Mason told us, and if you were listening, Broncos country, it'll be the uh, the ones against the twos offensively and defensively, and then the threes will go against each other. So that'll be interesting. That could uh, sort of sort out the depth chart and figure things out as the depth chart will come out Monday because the team's press release prior to the first game of the season in terms of preseason is going to be next Saturday. So, BK sitting down with Sam Farmer from the LA Times. So we're going to talk to Sam. Then we'll do Von Miller. Yeah, we'll do Von we'll in do, a minute. Do so Will later. So we know people want to listen to Von and Will. They're coming. But yeah, Von, gonna... Von can wait. You know, is it... <laughs> Sorry, Von. We've yeah. got a, uh, a, a steamed, big time. We got a big steamed time. NFL writer from <laughs> the LA Times, Sam Farmer, with us. And you, you make it through Broncos camp seemingly every year. Yeah, I love it. Uh, you got to talk to Case Keenum today. To What's Case. and you were around Case in LA, obviously with yeah. the Rams. Not that you cover the Rams every day, but I'm sure you made trips down there. Yeah. What's your take on Case at this point in his career as the man here in Denver, at least for the short term? Yeah, no, I think it's a great, uh, you know, something he said to me, uh, and we, we did talk about that because I, I got to know him a little bit in L.A., and then I went out and visited him in, in Minnesota, uh, saw him there, and it always felt like sort of the same story with Case. He was always glancing back in the rearview mirror and couldn't, um, didn't have full ownership of a team and so this is different for him and uh you know he said it's really cool to be able to go up to the receivers and talk about what his vision is you know what are you seeing on this here's what i'm seeing and not saying what are you seeing on this here's what matt schaub sees here's what matt sees 
And, uh, you know, this is so instead of relaying the information, you can take ownership of it yourself. And I think that'll really help him. I'm interested in how, you know, this guy's thrived for so long with someone breathing down his neck or knowing that it isn't his job. Having that sort of lack of pressure, will that affect him negatively? I mean, will it do you need do you need that that sort of uh, um, pressure? From behind, so I. But I, I think, all in all, it's a, it's a really good situation for him, and he deserves it, man. I remember uh, a couple years ago, uh, I was talking to John Gruden heading into the first Rams camp in L.A., and I was asking him about Jared Goff, and he said, "You know, I don't want to talk about golf. I want to talk about Case Keenum." And he said, "That's the guy who is so overlooked, and uh, and is so good." And then we talked about the play. Uh, Case and I talked about the play in Minnesota, right? And the the Minneapolis miracle, right? He's got the he's got the book coming out now, and um, just about how that play has sort of changed his life. You know, I said, did you feel like when that happened, where you sort of faded? Did you feel like it's we're going all the way? He said, well, it felt like that, but um, I think just the emotional energy and exhaustion after that. Uh, took its toll, and guys let up a little bit, uh, mm. maybe. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but essentially that's what I got gathered. It was it was uh, psychically draining, you know. So, uh, But this is great. I love coming to, coming to Broncos camp. I, I've got a deep affection for Colorado. I, I lived in Boulder as a kid, and, and uh, uh, it's, you know, I was just at the, the British Open, and uh, did you, uh, Bambi, as a fan, or did the no, golf part it. of your? I covered uh, it. Yeah, it's it's like I sort of cleanse my palate before yeah. the football season. Yeah, that's so great. I do, that's I cool. do Wimbledon, yeah, yeah. Okay. Wimbledon, the British wow. Open. Oh, I always so. thought it'd be so cool to do European Championship in soccer, yeah. a little tour to France, and then Wimbledon in the yeah. British Open. You're actually doing at least that's part true. of it. Yeah, you yeah. know what? Wimbledon, the British Open is great, and uh, um, so Bambi, who is uh, uh, David Duvall's caddy and lives in Boulder, uh, Pinebrook Hills, there. <laughs> Uh, he's, he crashed on our couch. Uh, so we had Duvall's caddy on our couch. <laughs> That's okay. awesome, uh, yeah, At the yeah, house yeah. right across the street from Carnoustie. And I was with uh, guys from the New York, a uh, guy from the New York Post, Washington Post, New York Times, and LA Times. There's not really hotels there, right? You guys have to, I mean, there's well, a couple. Well, yeah, you have to man, keep, a couple you, little. Everyone else leaves. They go to somewhere else around the world or America for a week or two around the British Open. I was listening, Mike Tirico was telling Dan Patrick about it. Yeah. yeah everyone just stays in houses. Yes, exactly. You get houses. I mean... Uh, at least at uh, Carnoustie. Last, yeah, Carnoustie, but also last year I was at Royal Birkdale and and uh, ideally you'll get a house course to the cl- uh, close to the course and, and this was like literally right across the street from Carnoustie. Sam, so. what was it like growing up in Boulder at that in the Broncos, I'm assuming it was the formidable years of the uh, organization. Oh, yeah. Red Miller and yeah. Orange Crush and all yeah. that stuff. It was awesome. I mean, but there's no place like Boulder. I mean, it was like, uh, uh, it was just a great town, Boulder, in the 1970s. And I had older brothers, and cycling was really big. They had the Red Zinger, which I think became the Coors Classic, or I don't remember. What yeah, yeah, for the Red Zinger yeah, yeah. was, um, and, you know, I went to, Sacred Heart, I was a couple of years behind Rick Riley, but I was with Gail Gondrzyk. So, the Gondr- you know, wow. Gordy Gondrzyk was my basketball coach, and Gail Gondrzyk was my was my uh, teammate, and, and Glenn was playing for the Nuggets, and Grant was a little older. Yeah. So, you had that family, you had the Gallaghers, you know, some very strong uh, Boulder families. 
And uh, I talked to, no, I talked to, uh, you know, Chuck Pagano about this a lot. Yeah, too, I can about, yeah, 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 yeah. About growing up in, uh, in Boulder. And, yeah. But the, we were Boulder High, and you know they're Fairview. They're Fairview. So oh, I know a, Sam. Uh, that was. Not, I saw Sam at an event pretty recently, and yeah, uh, yeah they're still Fairview. It was a Fairview event, actually. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so there was a there was a wrestler at Boulder High that, that really haunted Chuck Pagano's dreams, and so I got a yearbook picture of this wrestler. And uh, I will every once in a while I'll fire a text to Chuck Pagano with the picture of this guy. But yeah, uh, Chuck's going to be doing some TV this year. I want to ask you uh, another Broncos question before we let you go. I know you have a flight to catch, but Chuck's doing at least a little TV, I think, for NFL Network, uh-huh. uh, or at least the, that's uh, the plan. How do you think he'll be on TV? I don't know. He's how a little Chuck reserved. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of the guys feel like I remember um, George Seifert told me once I, he did TV for a while. And he said they wanted me to speak in headlines. They wanted everything to be a headline, everything to be controversial that I said. And I think you guys will bump up into that where they feel like they've got to be critical of their peers and they're not going to be comfortable with that. And, and, uh, and, and you also, you know, a guy told me once I was asking about some TV stuff and he said, you don't. You don't like something and dislike something. You gotta love it or you gotta hate it, and so you gotta come out on the extremes. I don't know if Chuck's that way. Maybe he'll be really, really good at it. Um, and you know, I think fans are sophisticated now, so they want to hear the deeper sort of what goes into a yeah, play. Yeah. Uh, Between Chuck and then John Fox is gonna be on TV too, and I, Fox, I mean, is, Fox is my TV. favorite person to talk to. Off the record. Not on camera, right? No, not on camera, not <laughs> on you know, the record. You know what's going to be interesting is, is Bruce Arians. Yeah. And, and Bruce. He's going to be the most candid of those three. At least. Yeah. One of the big problems with Bruce, they had to reel in the F-bombs. He was dropping them on TV. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it's Great. a tough audition, right? <laughs> in the, uh, in the, in the uh, rehearsal. So yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Bruce, yeah, <laughs> we're not in the locker room. But he's awesome. I mean, he is a cool. He's a great talker. Sam, why don't you just give us, uh, before we let you go, an overall feeling of, um, you know, on a national feeling of the Broncos and, you know, coming off a 5-11 and 11 season and, you know, what they've done with the draft and with Case. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I think the, the, the feeling is last year's draft just, uh, you know, fizzled, and this year's draft could be really – I mean, I was looking at Cortland Court- <laughs> Sutton. Can't miss him, right? Every day, man, every day. Was, I, I, in fact, I said to Case, what about Cortland Sutton? I, I just – this is crazy. And he kind of looked at me. He's got this big smile, and he's like – almost looked at – how do I describe the look? Like – Oh my God! Did you see that? You know, like he wanted to say, wanted to say something. Wow. So people are really so. That, there's the excitement of that. The league's a better place when the Broncos are a good team. That's all there's to it. And so, uh, whether that happens, you know, they're going to have this sort of scrappy attitude. They got some defensive players. They got, they've got some really good young players. I don't think if they're down, I just don't think it's going to be down for long. I'm I would be optimistic about the Broncos. But the whole division is fascinating right now because you got every team has had major, major changes except the Chargers who were the most unstable team last year because they're moving to L.A. and all of a sudden they're like the, the rock of Gibraltar. You know, you got Phillip Rivers. But, uh, yeah, I was just at the Raiders, and that's really an interesting situation. Yeah, how's John and, doing with the modern NFL? Well, you know, I I I got to I got to tout one story and I'll, I'll I'll let you get on to Vaughn. But 
Uh, I did a story in tomorrow's LA Times, and it's up on latimes.com right now. But uh, I've done a thousand Gruden stories. So what was I? How was I going to skin the cat this way? And I found Gruden's right-hand man, a guy named Jeff Leonardo, who uh, is his driver, picks him up everywhere, drops him off at, at night, is with him, within five feet of him at all times. Interesting. All waking hours. Uh, Jeff was the tour bus driver for Paul McCartney, David Bowie, ACDC, wow. Grateful Dead, Jimmy Buffett. Uh, was a tour of 30 years as their tour bus driver. John is infatuated with rock and roll. Infatuated. That's his one passion other than football. And uh, so he told me all sorts of stories about John and rock and roll and John, you know, singing with Angus and singing with, wow. singing with Axl yeah. Rose. And, and they play this game. Um, in their Escalade, they've got a, a post-it note over the, the satellite radio. Oh, so they can do Name That Tune? Name That Tune. And, um, you know, he's like, Jeff's like, I could win every time. I let John win sometimes. <laughs> but he said, John, when he'll panic or fall behind, he'll go to 70s on 7 because that's his wheelhouse. You know, he's like, got it. And they were driving the other day, and John said, that's Maxine Nightingale. And the guy said, I'd be embarrassed to know that. <laughs> he, said, he said, wait, you <laughs> don't you have some shame? Wouldn't you, why do you? even admit to knowing a Maxine Nightingale song. He said, you can have that one. I'll catch up to you later. So, <laughs> so uh, Let's get right back to where we started from. Yeah, remember that yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I was saying, I, I, Steve Russian is a buddy of mine, a sports writer. I said the Maxine Nightingale thing. Yeah. He said, everybody knows one Maxine Nightingale song. <laughs> now, the trick is, do you know two Maxine? <laughs> I said, Maxine Nightingale doesn't know two Maxine <laughs> Nightingale songs. Yeah, that's I, about right. So, yeah, yeah. The stories that guy can tell. I imagine he, he's got to be like, no. I was there when they wrote that song. It was definitely there. Seriously. Like, on the bus. I, I was listening to him right said, uh, I said, where have you gotten Starstruck? And he goes, well, McCartney. You always get Starstruck around McCartney. But he said, stuff drops off, sloughs away pretty quick. That wears off. But he said, I'm sitting in there with, a, with David Bowie and a Long John Silvers, just the two of us. And David <laughs> Bowie's like, Jeffrey, what type of fish is this? <laughs> and he's like. It's fish. I don't know what kind of fish it is. They Just don't. order it. They, it's don't good. they don't know what kind of fish it is. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, the guy was tremendous. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, LATimes.com. He, he told lots of funny oh, stories. I'm going to read that story. And then the Raiders come here in week two. So, if I'm down on the field, I'm going to see Absolutely. if I can, can sidle up to Jeff him and be like, hey. Yeah. And you'd think he looked like the bus driver on The Simpsons, yeah. you know? He looks like John Denver. Okay. So he's, he's, Does he really? Yeah. He's, uh, he's Gruden's size. Yeah, spot him. He would be a tremendous interview. Yeah, yeah. I just want to talk to him. I'm yeah. sure that guy's going to have crazy stories. He's got crazy and Mark stories. being a classic rock guy. Mark's going to see Steve Miller tonight at Red Rocks. Well, I've actually I've got a shift tomorrow on uh, on the classic rock station here, and I do like a rock notes kind of a thing right. that I get online that I find it. But oh yes, um, so you got to look. Yeah, like re- just McCartney recently. It was maybe yesterday. It was 1957. The Quarrymen first oh, you know, yes. played together. Um, and it's interesting that you say Starstruck McCartney because the more that I get into classic rock, and I have been for years, but right. it just the Beatles just started everything. Yes. And, you know, I've heard interviews with, say, Paul Rogers from Bad Company. who yeah. You know, he's in the north of England, but everybody had to get to London in yeah. the late 60s just because right. of the movement of classic rock. and get to The Cavern Club. Or, yeah, yeah. The, the Cavern Club and, and um, all that, and just uh, that's how rock and roll started. With that. And I can see why he is... 
awestruck by uh, Paul McCartney. But um, yeah, one of the, one of the I wonder if John Gruden is. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, one of the really fun things, and and again, Vaughn's coming up. Uh, after the break. I think we're going to okay. do Vaughn after the break. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. One of the really fun things about doing the British Open last year at Royal Birkdale, uh, it's, you know, 20 miles north of Liverpool, and it was the 50th anniversary of Sgt. Pepper's. There you go. So we went down and did all the Beatles stuff. I mean, we went and, and went to, to Ringo. You know, it's like a London cabbie. We, we hired out a guy who's just an expert who took us all around, yeah. all the Pete Best stuff, and, you know, taking us to this. Uh, little, uh, little graveyard that was right next to where 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 John would come out and smoke a cigarette, and right there you see a grave with all these names on it, and it, right in the middle is Eleanor Rigby. Yeah. And you could go to it's, Penny Lane. You can go. We went right. to Penny Lane. Yeah. We went to Strawberry Fields, yep. which we was went, a uh, a home for was it for oh, was orphan it a, kids? Oh yes, I, I think, think so. it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but if you ever go to that, the one thing that where we saw all the places is you go to the James Corden, Paul McCartney, uh, I saw carpool karaoke. I watched oh, it. Yeah. Yes. It's fascinating. I watched, like, that brought us here to mind. It's fascinating. It? I watched yes. the first two minutes on my phone. I was like, I need to watch this. Yeah, on it, takes, yeah. it takes it, it's like 23 right. minutes. Yeah. yeah. So. It's cool. Yeah. But you go to all those places in Liverpool and, you know, the roundabout that they talk yeah. about Penny Lane or the, the barber, the, all that stuff is yep. there. So I could not. But it was interesting. The Cavern Club right next to it is like the tavern club or something and this guy was like that that a street guy he's like come on in come on in come on in you know two drink minimum and we kind of walked in there and and i was with mark canazero from the new york post who had been there before and he's like this doesn't feel like it i mean we're walking downstairs but it doesn't feel like this claustrophobic feeling and we realized oh it's not this is the Cavern Cabana or something, uh, some knockoff. Yeah, they, they're, they, but it's across the street and down. And people go Google down. it wrong or they don't have it exact. And then yes, like, oh. and they won't disabuse you yeah. of that notion when yeah. you get there. Yesterday so. in '63, Beatles play the Cavern Club for the last time. They played the first of their 292 shows there in '61. Wow, and, uh, eight that's three great. sixty-five. I just find this stuff online and put it together. That's tremendous. Um, yeah, for our jocks, so we kind of have some some reference points. But oh, very fast, good. I'm, I'm I'm interested to read the article in the LA Times, latimes.com. John Gruden's right hand man. And then we got to go yeah. down and try to meet him uh, pre-game Jeff Leonardo. Yeah. before before the Raiders. I mean, that's a really cool too. angle. That's that's it was fun. It was fun. That's it what's great fun. about writing and you know the yeah. long form of doing that. And exactly. Well, what yeah. about Gruden adjusting to the new NFL? Because I keep thinking. You know, he doesn't have the contact with the players, and practices are shorter, and no yeah. two-a-days and all this. How is yeah, he, you know, I mean, how is he, he doing was complaining that? About I think that. time will tell on that. Time will tell. People are ready to say, hey, the game's passed you by. You know, you came in, you were the youngest guy in the NFL. Now uh, the game's passed you by, et cetera. You know, I think that people will fall back to that if the Raiders are losing. But really, you think about and I and I sat down with John Lynch on this trip, too, and Lynch said, his ability as a broadcaster to go into any camp and have these production meetings with any mm-hmm. uh, really taught him about the league. And he said he learned the most as a member of the seventh crew when he was going into the bad places because you learn what not to do. Yeah. And so um, so he said, you know, I think John will find that too. John was drawn up. I went down to the fired football coach's strip mall office. Right. And, I mean, he was, he was drilling down on personnel and on trends and everything. So I don't know how he would have lost touch with with the NFL. And and these guys love stars. I mean, we got Wade Phillips in, in 
L.A. is 71 years old. I don't think age is really a – if guys have a reputation and can make that personal connection with guys, which Gruden can do, I think they'll play for you. I just don't know if – I think it's going to be an easy storyline if the Raiders stumble out of the gate, like, oh, the game's passed him by. That said, I think Al Davis held on to things way too long. So Mark Davis holding on to that haircut too long, but uh, <laughs> well, we've held on to you a little too long. I know you got a flight to catch. Yep. All right, fellas, it was great. Sam, well, uh, fascinating, um, uh, and hopefully we'll read some stuff down the down the road about Case Keenum too with your uh, yeah. interview with Case. Yeah, uh, Broncos I'm, I'm fans will like that. To it, so. So. Sam Farmer, LA Times, latimes.com, if you want to check him out and read some of his stuff. We will come back, BK and Stout, hanging out until two. Von Miller is coming up next here on Orange and Blue seven sixty. BK and Stout, our coverage of Broncos training camp continues. We're on until 2 o'clock. And tomorrow, when the team is going to scrimmage, uh, yep, we're going to be on the air from 8 to 2 again. So we get you covered wall-to-wall from the UC Health Training Center. Day 7 is in the books. As uh, looks like nobody is here now as they're just doing a little cleanup. But Von Miller spoke earlier. Von talked to the media, and the first thing that uh, he was asked about, and it makes sense, is the new rules changes. Here's what he said. I mean, for me, I mean, I've, you know, I've really, I don't think none of the rules changes, they really don't affect my game, you know. I don't really tackle quarterbacks without my weight anyway. Without 185 pounds, no, I wouldn't do a quarterback like that. <laughs> I'm more, I'm, I like going for the ball. You know, I, I, if you've seen me play over the years, I'm not really – you know, lower the head or, you know, really try to, you know, hurt a quarterback. The most I do to a quarterback is fake handshake. So, you know, I, I've, been, I've been good when it comes to, like, uh, you know, all of those rules. I, you know, I respect the, the game. You know, I know that we need to keep our quarterbacks healthy. They are. They would make those, – those guys make football what it is. So, we got to take care of those guys. They've uh, put in rules to take care of all the players as well. So, I'm good with all the rule changes. Hey, you have a pass rush camp that's starting to get pretty big news. Um, talk about, do you, what do you learn from that camp that you hold every year with some of the great pass rushers in the NFL? Um, it's, it's just a great opportunity to, uh, you know, get some of the greats, get some of the younger guys coming in, and get some of the guys that's doing it right now all in the same spot to discuss pass rush. It's really the only place that you can do that with, with league guys, with guys that's in the NFL. So to have, uh, you know, Bruce Smith and, you know, Warren Sapp and DeMarcus, you know, all those guys contribute to uh, the Von Miller Pass Rush Summit. It's, it's been a dream come true. Well, on the defensive intensity and the swagger seem to pick up since yesterday's uh, pick six from Will Parks. How do you guys want to take that and kind of carry that over going forward throughout the rest of training camp? You said, what was it again? I mean, I was a bad student in high school. You, <laughs> pick said, six from Will Parks uh-huh. yesterday. How do you want that for your defense to kind of continue to impress on the, uh, you know, the intensity and the swagger for your defense? Um, yeah, I mean, you just, you just want to continue to make plays. Um, when you come out to practice, you want to make plays, whether it's a, a pick or a sack or a forced fumble. You know, our coaches, um, they really put an emphasis on that, you know, not just, um, you know, sacks or picks, but, you know, chasing the ball down, pursuit to the ball, and, you know, making plays on the ball as, as the play progresses down the field. So it's, uh, it's been good. We saw Josie Jewell return to practice in the team period today, young rookie guy. What have your impressions been? Red Beard. So far? To my Red Beard? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> red Beard. That, yeah, that's one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite rookies, man. I just. I just love the way he plays. You know, he's um, he he may be a rookie, but when you talk to him, it really doesn't feel like you know he's a rookie. When you see him play, it doesn't look like he's a rookie. He's gonna play in this league a long time. Um, I just I just like his intensity. I like having conversations with him. 
you know, um, he's, he's, he's going to be great for us. Do you feel like you have to hold back in camp? Me? Like, like you can't go full force. Vance hold back? If you went full force, you're pretty much right practice. I don't know. You know I, just, I just come out to play. You know, I just, I just come out to play. You know, thanks, Coach VJ, for those kind <laughs> words. But, you know, I just, I just come to practice to play, man, to get better. You know, this is my um, eighth year. So, um, this is my eighth time around, you know, seeing some of this stuff. This is my eighth time in training camp where you have a break or you have a day off and then you come back the next day and the coach is on you like, oh, come on, we're slow, we're slow before we even practice. So this is like, <laughs> you know, this is my eighth time around and I've, and I've seen it a couple of times. And, you know, we're saying that I'm, I'm grateful. You know, I'm grateful for all the opportunities that, I, that I've gotten. I'm grateful, you know, for this eighth year in the league. And, you know, I just uh, just try to keep pushing. I just try to keep it going. With that well, said, in like... eight years, we do see you more vocal in the way you coach teammates on the field. It looked, at least that's my perception. Come on, Troy. I've been doing the same thing. Yo, Orlando, tell him I've been doing the same thing since my rookie season. Yeah, sure. I've been doing the same thing since my since my rookie season. I've been I've been doing the same thing since my rookie season. You know, you, you really can't get caught up with what what people see or what people think or the perception about it. You know, you got to stay with the reality. And the reality is, is I've been doing a lot of stuff for my teammates for a long time. You know, we, we have leaders all across the all across the team. We don't really need anybody to say, oh, this guy's a leader now, this guy's a leader now. We got leaders all across the board. And I'm just um, doing what I've been taught since day one. Having your locker across from Cases, has that allowed you to get to know him a little bit better than maybe you would have? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I knew Cases before he came to the Broncos. Um, you know, I'm a, a fan of the game. You know, I know all the guys, not not just not even the stars, I know all the guys in the National Football League. If, if somebody, if if you play in the NFL, chances are I probably know you. I you know had a relationship with Case before. And um, we had some uh some autograph signings and stuff. We talked uh hunting and fishing back in I wanna say like twenty twelve. So you know, I've been uh, familiar with Case and um you know to have him in the locker room is dope. You know, I, I'm a locker room guy, so Case is, is great there. You, know, you could put anybody there, and I'm still going to get along with him. So it's uh, it's great to have him close by me, though. You got a you're week into camp. You got a great game a week away. Does it feel like that game's any closer, or are you kind of in that Groundhog Day grind of camp? No, I, I honestly, I forget what day it is sometimes. What is today, Tuesday? No, I'm just joking. I know, <laughs> I know today's Saturday. But, um, you know, you just get so caught up in the process. You get so caught up in the being meetings at this time, working out. You know, off time, this time, being in the meetings, and you get it, it becomes repetitive, and you just get caught in that cycle. So, I really don't. Um, I really not even looking. I don't even know when the game is. I just come to practice every day. You know, whatever uh, Coach VJ has on an agenda for practice today, I try to get that done and just try to take it one one day at a time. Day in, day out repetition. How do you keep yourself, you know, energized? It feels fresh and doesn't feel like. I think that's the. I think that's the fastest way to get it done. You know, one day at a time. Um, and really, that's the only way you could do it, you know. So you might as well maximize each day that you get. Is it harder for you to stay uh, clocked in, tuned in, because you might not play in those first couple preseason? No, no. It's, I mean, it's fun. This is fun to me. You know, I get to come up here and you know rub shoulders with these yahoos in the locker room. You know, I get to tell jokes and do pranks and you know go to film and and um, really practice. Some I really get to go out here and practice a craft. I do this better than anything else in the world. So. Um, you know, I, I love doing it. You know, you really can't. I don't think you really. I don't really get bored with this. You know, maybe if it was something I didn't do so well, I probably, you know, would get bored with it. But this is my job. This is, you know, my passion. So I don't really get bored with it. You mentioned this is your eighth year. And when Demarcus Ware was here, you, you know, he kind of took you under his wing. Now you're the elderly guy here now with the young guy, Chubb and Joyce Jewel. 
Do you feel that you, uh, now it's your responsibility to keep the schedule moving a little bit? Uh, I mean, <clears throat> I think, you know, we, we think about it. I mean, this is, this is our team. Yes. You know, I don't think like, I don't feel like it should be, it shouldn't feel like a responsibility or like a chore, you know, to take guys under your wing. It should just, it should just happen naturally. And it's just something that I've been good at. Good with. I like uh, kicking it with the rookies. I like being around the rookies. You know, they they bring a uh, a fresh you know perspective of the game and you know where we are in the game. And um, I wouldn't say it's a responsibility. It's just you know what I what I naturally do. You know, on a day to day basis. Wait, your thoughts on Cortland? Your thoughts on Cortland Sutton? He seems to be the real deal. Who's that? Who's that? <laughs> Who's that? Huh? Cortland? Who's that? <laughs> Number 14? Oh. Hey, they got cold, man. Hey, hey Cortland Cole. Cortland Cole, I mean, we, we really did a great job with the draft this year. We do a great job, you know, every year. But, I mean, we did a great job getting 14, 55, you know, all of those guys. The rookies that we had this year are phenomenal. Um, Cortland, he just brings a, a whole new dynamic. We got DT and Emmanuel off top. They, they give, you know, defenses hell already. And then you got Cortland right here. So it's uh, it's gonna be fun. Then we got a great quarterback. Offensive line has gotten a whole lot better too. So, you know, Cortland is great. Um, I see Ray Baum in the team meeting room. He, he just has that fire in him. You know, he's gonna be great. Vaughn, years down the road, when you call it a career, will you attend Raiders training camp? Hmm? Yeah, I probably would. I saw Peyton did that, man. You know, at first I was just like, man, Peyton, why you? But then you really gotta you got really gotta think about it. You know, Charles Woodson and and Peyton Manning, they've done a lot of stuff together. You know, they were, what was it, uh, 1982, <laughs> what, Heisman, like Heisman ceremony, those guys were there. So, I mean, when you go back, when you go back that far and you, and then we played the Raiders twice a year, you know, um, you just, you just build relationships over the years. And, you know, if you've been in the game as long as, you know, Peyton and, and Charles Wilson, man, it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a lot, man. You just, you just build relationships and friendships. It's, it doesn't even matter about teams or, or, or colors at that point. So I probably would, yeah, I probably would go to, you know, somebody else's training camp. You Last one, Nikki. What, what's the best prank you You know, I haven't really been on pranks this year. Why? You know, I like watching them. I like, you know, I like. <laughs> which ones have I watched? Hold on. Uh, what have I watched? I don't know, campus just get jumbled together, man. You know, really, I just like other other rookies pranking other rookies. It's it's fun. It's like, bro, y'all on the same team. <laughs> And y'all do diabolical stuff to each other. So it's just, I, I've never gotten that because every class that every class that we were in Orlando, we we always stuck together. You know, we didn't really play pranks on each other. But these rookies these days, man, they they don't have yeah, they don't care. They don't care about nothing. Vaughn Miller, yep, fifty-eight, talking to the media after day seven of Broncos training camp. It uh, it's in the books, BK and Stout. We're hanging out until. Two o'clock, Vaughn always uh, – Vaughn's a unique dude, man. <laughs> Whenever I talked to Ray about it, he was like, yeah, you, you got to know. Like, he has got a – he's a freak athlete with a unique personnel. Yeah, and his his brain, I think, works a little differently <laughs> yeah. than others. He, he does not it's, – it's not as linear as maybe some football players might be. And I think that's okay. No doubt. I mean, he, he's a bit eccentric. Not to the level of Marquette King. I think Marquette King would, might fall under just kind of weird – Somebody tweeted us that we actually made him seem friendly. Yeah, I don't think he's unfriendly. Which I don't think he is either. No, he's not unfriendly. Here's the problem. In Oakland, they don't care about the Raiders that much. And yeah, they're coming off a playoff team, but he's the punter. And so... There you go. And they were used to him. He'd been there for six years. So he probably did fly under the radar. Also, I I know that I, I kind of made a joke, but 
there are more African Americans in Oakland by a significant margin than in Denver. So Easy. he sticks out here. Easy. So you have Broncos fans that are excited about him, and then you have a lot more media that cover the Broncos training camp than cover the Raiders. Raiders training camp's in Napa. So it's not that it's not awesome, but the Broncos training camp is here at their facility, yeah. which means all of our local we're radio here. and TV media yeah. were already used to driving here anyway. I'm the only person that if, comes from Thornton. If this was in Greeley, <laughs> just Greeley. No, I'm yeah, no, right? or, no, ha- or even the, Boulder. Be half the people. Yeah, there, there'd be less people, and there certainly wouldn't be. Oh, media-wise, yeah, it would certainly yeah, yeah. Be because. Oh, and and you mean fans? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think yeah, there yeah. might be. Yeah, fans might maybe the same, but uh, you, you wouldn't have just the media that on days they aren't working right, they're right. still coming just to watch practice not and not to even really do anything some guys came watch practice to be here and Ryan kind of Edwards see what was here. He was yeah. on the air briefly. Yeah, I mean, but then they aren't sticking around to do interviews. They just kind of want to see yeah, what's going yeah, yeah. on. No, here because Ryan lives 10 minutes from here. Right, right. Ryan does not live 10 minutes from Greeley. Or Napa Valley. Or, if, 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 right. Yeah, it, yeah. There's nobody that is covering the Raiders that lives near Napa. Yeah, right. Yeah, but uh, so it's he's, just a lot. He's, he's not. He's not unfriendly. He's just the first thing Mark King said to us is like, "I'm just a dude like you guys," which you know, a lot of athletes don't say that, and it was cool for him to say it. So uh, that'll be up online at orangeandblue760.com. You can check that out. We're gonna come back. If you missed Will Parks, we just want to play it one more time because uh, Philly Will is entertaining. He's the best. It's a fascinating. Talk about one of a kind. Uh, we'll have that when we come back from the UCL Training Center. Our coverage of Broncos training camp continues here on Orange and Blue 760. Our live coverage of Broncos training camp continues here on Orange and Blue 760. BK and Stout until 2 at the UC Health Training Center. We will be here again tomorrow and the team is going to scrimmage I know Andrew Mason was on the air with us earlier talking about that. He'll be involved in the broadcast tomorrow, 8 until 2. So Broncos country, be here on Orange and Blue 760 tomorrow. Yesterday, Will Parks had a pick six of Case Keenum in day six of training camp. And he came on the air with first and 10, and they had a lot of fun. They started out by talking about that interception for six that he had yesterday. But that's a testament to four, though. I mean, you know, just, you know, when guys, you know, when I come to the sideline and guys say, you know, that was a good play, uh, you know, that's a testament to him. It was hard work throughout the offseason um, as far as not, you know, turning the ball over. Yeah. I mean, he's a, a hell of a quarterback. You know, it was plays where I was telling the guys the, the pass that he had through the corner route the other day. They was like, how did you, how would you describe that pass? And I said, it's like roofing a napkin. And he was like, what? Impossible. <laughs> like, there's no way. Like, he threw it away from the safety and right over top of the corner. I mean, that's pretty good. But as a defense, as us, you know, us being the top you know, top five defense every year, that's kind of what you want um, as far as, you know, we got to, you know, we itching to make plays, and that's how we are as a defense. And, uh, you know, today they kind of got us, but we had, to, we had to switch it in the second half. That's All right. right, Will Parks. So describe, so what happened in that play, the, the pick six today, the first interception of camp for Case Keenum, what happened in that play? Oh, man, that's just, you know, Joe Wood calling a good call. Um, it was third and long or something like that. And, um, you know, us rolling the covers to the weak side. And um, I was just playing a quick three-strap made the play. So that was, you know, yeah. just execution. Yeah. Being in the right place, right time. Well, and, and a little athleticism. Yeah. And a little bit of, you know, I mean, come A little bit everybody. Give, give us a yeah. little bit of credit here. I mean, yes, we I mean, appreciate I mean, Joe I, Woods. I, I mean, I'm not a big talker by myself. You know, as far as if you want to you know, know how hard I work, you know, throughout the offseason, <laughs> I can talk about that all day. You know, but, uh, you know, I'm in camp, and, uh, you know, I can't. You know, I can't. I don't like to focus on me. I just like to get get through the days and uh, not get through the days. Get better as the days go. So if I did, you know, if I if I got the ball today, tomorrow I got to strip a ball out. You know, it's just a whole bunch of different things. And I'm trying to get to that level. And uh, 
you know, that's how you got to do it. You know, you mm-hmm. can't just put the focus on yourself. You got to make sure yourself, your inner self, you know, is getting better each and every day. Because if you're doing that, the guys around you will probably do that as well. So you know, that's kind of what I, I like to carry myself. So you're not talking? You say you don't want to talk? No, I, I talk to y'all. No, no, I'm talking, no, I'm talking yeah. about you don't want to brag. You know? Oh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't, We got you, though. Yeah, we got yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I already know. I already know. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be your publicist. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but anyway, this offense, what it's been doing, how much better are you guys going to be prepared as a defense because you're seeing this sort of offense that's this on point on an everyday basis compared to last year? Uh, fantastic. You know, uh, as a defense, you know, that's kind of what we want. I was just telling a couple people over there, that's, the, that's what you want as a defense. You want to be uncomfortable at practice. Um, Joe Woods told us in, in OTAs, if, if this guy is comfortable being here, make his ass uncomfortable. And that's how that's how we got to approach it. And they're doing that to us each and every day, every rep. You know, they coming out in different formations. Um, Bill Musgrave is, you know, trying to exploit weaknesses in the defense. There isn't none, but still trying to do that. Um, and, 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 and that's what we look forward to. Come Like, every time I step on this field, I'm like, what can I do to get the ball from these guys? Because they're mm-hmm. doing a very good job. I step on the field, I close my eyes, I look at my hands, I say, y'all better work today. I look <laughs> at my feet, I say, y'all better move fast today, and let's get the ball. That's how I feel. And that's how this offense makes you feel, and that's how I want to feel every day. Mm-hmm. That way, when we come game time, I'm not even talking to them. They already know what to do. I'm going out there, and I'm looking at whoever that quarterback is in his eye, and I'm trying to play football. Yeah, so. yeah that's, that's where you got to do yeah. it. So um, how do you feel about the, the safeties right now? I mean, you got you, got you, you got uh, Justin Simmons, you got uh, Darian Stewart, yeah. you got Sewell Cravens. Yeah. Man, we, we got a load of safety yeah. room. Jamal Carter. Yeah. I mean, we, we, you guys got to feel pretty good right now. Yeah, we stacked, man, and at the end of the day, we're not worrying about all the negativity, you know, how are they going to do the numbers. We're not worried about anything. If, as long as we're making each other better as far as putting the pressure on the next guy, the next guy – that's what we care about because at the end of the day, ultimately, you know, we don't know who's going to be here. We don't know who's going to be uh, – who's, who's going to leave. I mean, and, and at the end of the day, you know, you're not just, you know, playing for uh, yourself. You're playing for, you know, 31 other teams. And, you know, guys kind of looking past that. You can tell that guys are coming out here trying to build a brotherhood yeah. and trying to, you know, build a foundation as far as us for alone. You know, we already know the corner. We got the corners and everything like that. It's us for, you know, being able to be on the same page and – you know, like you know it, you know, being back there as the last line of defense, you know, y'all two have to be on the same page because if that ball bursts through the line of scrimmage, you know, you guys got to know how you're going to attack the ball, whether it's a vice tackle, getting over the top. And that just comes from being off the field as well. I mean, that's that's where most of the foundation and the brotherhood is built, off the field, whether you go to dinners. Like me and Justin, and we hang out all the yeah, time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I even call Stu. I'm like, Stu, let's go somewhere. Let's go to eat. All right, I'm going to take you out to eat. You know, Stu pay for the bill and things like that. That's the kind of correlation you need back there, especially being the last line of defense. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you get in between the white lines, it's night and day. You guys already know what to do. Like, you know who's going to play who. You know who's going to play what. Um, if, if I'm looking at him and I know he gassed, I'm going to go down to a line of scrimmage and get, get mix it in. If I come back, he know I'm tired, he going to go down to a line of scrimmage, mix it in, because you know what we playing, so right. it ain't like, it ain't like it's, it's rocket science, so we're going to be good. Shining with Broncos safety, Will Parks, Philly Will here, hanging out with us for a few minutes, had one of the plays of the day, pick six on Case Keenum. You know, one of the things that I was struck by as you're talking about uh, the past couple of years as compared to this year, you know, they, they had the iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I, I'm fascinated about is how much this offense this year can actually help you guys prepare for this upcoming season. Is that something that, that you guys feel as well that, that maybe was missing a little bit last year? Um, you know, I, I guess you could say that, um, you know, from, you know, all different kinds of standpoints. Uh you know, that's kind of been the biggest question or the biggest, you know, statement of how is this offense preparing you guys as a defense, you know, for, you know, for the games to come. And uh, like you said, it's going to be the same answer. You know, it's, it's, it's them coming out here and making us uncomfortable. 
you know, and, and one thing that I didn't say, we got a lot of playmakers on that side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It ain't like, you know, you just going out there and sticking the average Joe person oh, to yeah, come up yeah. to the line of scrimmage or you just tackling, you know, the average. Them running backs we got are pretty good. Them mm-hmm. receivers we got are pretty good. That tight end room is getting pretty challenging. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. they, they running good routes, crisp routes. I mean, I guess there's a lot of guys in there that's making – Uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you know. You can't just sit back and sit on all, all, all your, the whole your whole foot. You got to be on your toes, the ball of your feet. And I'm, I'm walking around like that because I don't want to feel uncomfortable. Uh, I don't like that. You know, I was in college. My coach said, you know, you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And uh, that's kind of how the whole locker room is. Like but it's a good thing yeah. because everybody coming out here and giving it their best shot. Right. But ultimately, that's making us better as a team, making you guys happier, making everybody else happy because now we're fighting for something. We're not just going out there playing football. We're going out there and playing for each other that leads to championships and winning Super Bowls. And that's kind of – I think that was the that was the film and the vibe around here in that 15 year. Mm-hmm. And a lot of guys kind of feel that way around here now. It's like we starting to mm-hmm. – um, you know, we got to find our, our identity as a team. And obviously that starts from front office all the way down to the janitor. You know, yeah. everybody has something to do a part of an organization's success. And, yeah. and that's kind of the feel. Mm-hmm. That's the vibe around here now. Talk about uncomfortable. I've heard guys talk about urgency mm-hmm. as well. With all that coming together, I mean, anything can happen down the road. But do you feel like this team is poised because of all this to not only – make a jump but maybe a big jump maybe flip that record around from 5 and 11 to 11 and 10. Yeah, I'm with you on that. No, that big jump. I mean, that's our job. We want to flip that record. I mean, it's it's no way from me personally that we shouldn't have a winning season this year. And I'm and just because it's the beginning of the camp, that don't mean that I shouldn't feel that way because I should. Um cuz I've seen it throughout OTAs. It's a fresh start. The mindset was different around here. The 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 the, the you heard curse talk about accountability. Mm-hmm. Each and every day, talking about the leaders, you know, not just being the guys we know about, the leaders, you know, right. myself, mm-hmm. Justin Simmons stepping up, being leaders, you know, just building on a foundation because ultimately at the end of the day, we got to win. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's it. That's like, we, we, we can answer all these questions and, you know, and talk about how we got this and how we got that. Ultimately, at the end of the day, we got to put in the work, and when you put in the work, you're going to win. But if you don't, you know, we're going to be talking about the same thing each and every year. And that ain't – I've been in the league for two years, and I haven't been to the playoffs yet. That has to change right now, like today. Yeah. Hey, we talked to Clint McDonald a little earlier, and he was saying when he came in, the vibe was that guys were ticked off and, you know, made sure yeah. that what happened last year, can't let that happen again this year. Now, did you prepare any differently this offseason than you normally do? And, and if so, how, how did you prepare differently? So I was uh, – really, man, I, I started getting toward January 25th. Um, I slowly but surely, March came, and the March came. Chris, where you at? I'm in Dallas. All right, I'll be there. I was out of Dallas for three weeks, came back here April 16th, ready to go. Felt great. Uh, fast forward, got through OTAs, had a good OTA. Um, even throughout OTAs, I was training with Vaughn and, the, you know, the, the uh, Frank Marchesano, uh, last name. We call him Sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, we was doing that Mondays and Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. Wednesdays and Thursdays, we were going over to the Lando facility. So we were doing extra extra workouts on the days we had practice. Sounds crazy, wow. but we did it. Um, me, Vaughn, and Roby. Uh, I called Chris. I went on vacation for like a week. And then on vacation, I was working out. You guys, people, I was, I was working out. I said, man, I don't know what it is. I just don't feel right. Right. Uh, July 2nd came. Chris, where you at? I'm in Dallas. Okay, I'll be there tomorrow. Went out there, got with real truth. Man, I got it in. Man, we, we worked out to the point where we were uncomfortable. We were out there in Dallas in 109-degree weather running, doing two-and-a-half-hour stadium workouts. And I'm not just talking about running up the stairs doing a snake. I'm playing the cover two on bleachers. Mm. Ooh. 
I'm running wow. sideways on bleachers as if I'm running with a man. Everything is a football drill. We're getting our hips right. I'm underwater. I got to do 50 tackles underwater, eight feet of water. I got to do ball drills under seven feet of water. We got me and Chris, press man release work underwater. I mean, just, you know, because you're underwater. That guy, he's going to tell you if you want to play football or not if you come out that water real fast. You feel that good, man? You hold your water? You hold your breath that yeah, long? I hold my breath. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Come up, get your breath, yeah. come down. I mean, we do all, like, we got to catch 20 balls, 20 tennis balls <laughs> while treading water. You can't touch the bottom of the water. Catching balls. I mean, yeah. just wow. a whole bunch of different things that we did. So I guess what I'm saying is I was working. Right. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't really trying to be, you know, with the common norm. I don't like to be average. I don't want to be average. I dress different. I work different. I play football different. I talk to my mom different, my grandma. Everything I do can be like everybody else because I don't want to be associated with the common norm. When I walk down the street, I want people to say, yeah, that boy right there, yeah, he different. You know, I mean, you know, Steve. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, when people look at him, damn, he different. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just, that's what I did, man. I had to surround myself with Pro Bowl players and all pro players because that's ultimately the goal I want to get right, to. Yeah. I can't be sitting next to the street with my man who just on the field staring there like, no, I can't do that. You're not wrong because I found a photo of Steve yesterday when he was a rookie drafted and Dan Reeves is coach. And Dan Reeves is going like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. that's a big man. And yeah. That's my safety right and, now. And he can run. He's yeah. different. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of what you want to be. You got to be a nasty, different guy. You know, ain't nothing wrong with that. When you get off the field, you can be a nice old, calm, cool, collector. Hey, how you doing? But in between these white lines, I don't want to hear nothing from you. Yeah. I'm trying to get it. There's Will Parks. He was on yesterday with First and Ten. BK, did you, you, I don't think you heard Ray Sherman on with us yesterday on Crockett. I, I missed it. So Ray Sherman was the uh, wide receivers coach for the Cowboys. He's been coaching for 40-some years right. in college and, and multiple NFL teams. Uh, we asked him about T.O. because he's going to be in Chattanooga today to kind of present T.O. Into the hall. Oh, he's presenting him. He's the new guy. Do we know? I don't who know. Who else is more? going to be there? No. Okay. Um, I don't know. But Ray Sherman said something similar to Will Parks, where when you're talking about Hall of Fame caliber athletes, they're just they're. And I loved it. Will said that he's like, I want to look different, act different, be different because I want to be at a different level when it comes to being an athlete. Now you can say that about people across many walks of life, whether you know. They're in politics or they're business people, et cetera, or, you know, rock stars. But I understand what he's saying. Ray Sherman said that exact thing about people like he coached Randy Moss. He coached Jerry Rice. He coached T.O. They're just – they're different, man. And Did you see uh, what T.O. did? I didn't see this uh, until right now. I don't right know now. what he did. He, no, check this out. So he sent what appeared to be kind of like vans. Oh, he sent shoes to everybody. To everybody. Yes, you can uh, get those. To his fellow enshrinees this photo. year. Yeah, it's cool. Hall of Fame he did that a while ago. That was, okay. um, yeah, it's pretty but, neat. Um, I hadn't seen that. So we will we'll hear the speeches this weekend. And we'll Who are you looking forward to it. most? You know, Robert Lewis. Brazil, man. Yeah, Robert I heard Brazil. him the other day on the, on the you know, interviewed by Michelle Tafoya and – he was fascinating. Yeah, man. Ray Lewis, you know, put on a good speech. I oh, just, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. never going to be a Ray Lewis fan for uh, obvious, well, for the double murder reasons. That's the obvious reason. Uh, <laughs> Brian Dawkins, love Holy the guy. Cool. Can't wait to see B-Doc's speech. Yeah, so. All right, that wraps up uh, day seven of training camp coverage. And we'll be back tomorrow at 8 in the morning. So join us here on Orange and Blue 760 Broncos Country.